Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Aha! Dan! Back of the net. Monkey tennis? In no way, you big spastic, you're a mentalist! Dan! Sorry, that was just a noise. Monkey tennis? I got, uh... Really drunk last night. Sick everywhere. Monkey tennis? Uh, minor criticism. More distance between the eggs and the bean. Monkey tennis? I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. You're attacking. Basically, beef tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Can I have a glass of water, please? Hello friends and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. We must be quick today because we're off to the shooting of a new series of Jumble! Exclamation uh, mark. I'm Adam Brooks and I'm joined by Tom Dark. I'm tired of waking up twizzled in a damp duvet. Nick Alder. Come at me like a bitch and don't be surprised if I mount you. And Tom Stab. Julia! <laughs> so, uh, oh, thanks molto for... bene! Molto <laughs> bene! <laughs> no, not that loud, but yes. Um, so, uh, thanks for joining us for a feedback episode. So, well, primarily dedicated to the last in the series of this time. Um, if you want to drop us feedback about the series as a whole, we're going to be doing a sort of mop up, round up, end of series party. Think of it as the end of term where we all just sit around and watch a film. Uh, that's going to be next week. <laughs> but if you want to get in touch with us for that, 
On Instagram, it's at Monkey Tennis Pod. On Twitter, at The Partridge Pod. Facebook.com slash The Partridge Pod. The Partridge Pod at gmail.com. And the Monkey Tennis Hotline is 07923 600 017. I would also beseech and urge you to drop us a review on iTunes if you've been enjoying what you've been listening to these past six weeks. Uh, five stars should do the trick. Anything around five stars, we'll, we'll gladly accept. Um, and uh, yeah, it helps us reach more people. The more reviews we get, the higher up the charts we go, etc., etc. I'd say five stars and up. (laughs) (laughs) Minimum, minimum five stars. Um, And just a quick note on the Monkey Tennis Hotline. What we'd really like you to do, if you're listening to this episode before we record our mop-up episode, which is going to be on Sunday the... Is it the 7th? Is that the right date? Sounds about right. Sunday the evening. Yeah. Basically, send us a voice note of your favourite line from the series working on a little uh, surprise project for that episode. So send us a voice note of your favourite line of dialogue from the series. Just tell tell the listeners that we're planning a little surprise that we think they might enjoy. (laughs) Uh, So... um, just before we get into a huge amount of feedback, um, I thought it'd be interesting to look at what uh, our listeners thought Nick's opinion would be. Uh, Stephen Warren got in touch saying... Here we go. <laughs> go on. <laughs> says, uh, go on. Stephen Warren says, looking forward to your analysis. Imagine Nick will have a field day on this one. And uh, at Horwich bloke said, I only want to hear Nick's thoughts. Hashtag just sack Nick. Can I just shock you? Hang on. I like that person. <laughs> and I he agree with everything they've Nick- ever said. What, including Just Sack Nick? Oh, yeah, no, I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be my point. Blocked and reported. Horwich bloke only wants to hear Nick's thoughts, but also Just Sack Nick. Yeah. I think you've misunderstood <laughs> the game. And we've had to agree with that. <laughs> just had well, to I agree with it. I think people are going to be disappointed because you did like it, didn't you? I just want to get clarity. What, the show? Episode six. I loved it. Yeah, great. Okay. And speak well, that's a nice bit of positive feedback. So speaking of positive feedback, here are a few of the comments we've had over the last 24 hours. Kira on Instagram said, I thought it was the best one yet. Classic Partridge. Tom mm. Putnam on Twitter said, loved it. So glad they didn't go for a dramatic climax, but instead Alan and Simon fell back to their low-grade radio phone-in uh, phone stuff. Three or four laugh-out-loud moments and no doubt more on repeat viewings. Uh, at Small Town Browse said, much better than last week. The fashion segment and Night Sweats segment in particular appreciated we got mu- to see much more of the set than its ludicrous proportions. And Malcolm Rob 73 on Twitter, it was a great episode. It seemed there wasn't enough build-up in previous episodes to the Jenny fallout, and a shame she didn't feature more heavily. Great to see Simon step up. Sleeping Clinic was cry-out-loud funny, left you wanting more. Hashtag second series. Uh, there's been more positive feedback in terms of Simon's contribution to the show as well. So Repo136 says the interactions with Simon were great and it's a shame that we had to wait until the last episode to witness them. Um, I think we'd probably all agree with that. It was great to see Simon kind of coming out of the woodwork and getting his moment to shine. Christopher A. Walker says all that was lacking was Simon doing a link where he introduced himself at the interactive screen and then had to run across. Um, Onslow 74 incredible <laughs> name I think we can all take a moment to enjoy that yeah. um, Sidekick Simon the star of the show for me showed signs of settling into the hosting role at the end Alan out 
back to North Norfolk Digital with Simon and Jenny, the new hosts of This Time with Alan Partridge. Ooh. Interesting. Indeed, indeed. Um, and then finally from Peter Millett, for me, this had uh, the biggest laugh out loud moments of the series. Alan and Simon are a gifted team. Uh, as great as Jenny is, I actually think the show has a higher joke count with the interplay between the two mid-morning matters hosts and it allows it to be a bit more ludicrous. Loved it. Um, I think I'd, ag- I'd agree in the sense that it's nice to have a bit of a balance between the two. Obviously, it's, it's Jenny heavy, but I'm glad we did get to see Simon with his moment in the sun. I think it'd have been a shame if that mm. hadn't happened. It's not all good and it's not all bad. It's the mixed feedback. So Brendan Hooper on Facebook says uh, some lovely stuff, but really missed a Ruth Duggan showdown. Uh, John Ratton, again on Facebook, solid episode. Loved how they briefly morphed into a mid-morning matters phone-in. Was hoping for a more powerful ending. It petered out a little bit too much for me. Uh, Lee Russ, who is at two screens on Twitter, says, I felt it was a bit of a weak ending. The series as a whole was great, but this episode fell a bit flat for me. What's with Alan's newfound confidence with the police? Compare it to the Bill Carr encounter and it's like a different person. Simon was a highlight, though. Uh, And then Repo136 says, uh, started well, but ended up just average. Overall, sadly, more misses than hits in this series for me. And finally from me, Stuart Davis on Facebook, at least the excruciatingly tedious Ruth Duggan joke was dropped. Mm, Bit harsh. Lovely stuff. Modern Partridge at its best when he's doing the police and sleep type pieces, which were genuinely funny, but overall very average. And from average to worse, as I have once again (laughs) been saddled with the negative (laughs) feedback... um, Steady Eddie at underscore steady underscore Eddie on Twitter says, uh, I enjoyed Camp Allen during the fashion piece. After that, things got very weird. Felt like I couldn't follow what was going on. No narrative to the show. I thought the off-screen story would develop more. Police and sleep sections didn't work. Uh, Mid-morning matters phone in at the end. Why? Um, Mark C. Baxter on Facebook said, Weakest episode, I'm afraid. A few nice references to older Alan, Sonia, for instance, but the VT sections were dull and the studio stuff just seemed to be regurgitated mid-morning matters stuff. The show worked best with the strained chemistry between Alan and Jenny. Without that, it was missing a lot. Five out of ten, brackets, overall eight out of ten for the series. Uh, John Richards on Facebook said, Loved the first ten minutes, but didn't laugh at all at the rest. No roof payoff, no big ending. Feels like they ran out of ideas and I didn't believe that Jenny would just walk off the show without coming back at some point. Disappointing as loved the first four episodes, but it went seriously downhill from there. Uh, and finally, Kev Citrus Clark on Facebook says, I didn't watch any with it being on BBC One. It deserved a better channel than puts on Mrs. Brown's Boys, etc., etc. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, BBC One, also the home of uh, other... Actually, no, I mean, I am struggling to think of genuinely great comedies that are on BBC One, but that doesn't mean that Partridge doesn't deserve a big audience. <laughs> yeah, and isn't that a weird reason to just not watch a show because of the channel it's on? Yeah, a bit. Yeah. Odd. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a bit yeah, strange. Yes, it does put Mrs. Brown's boys on, but it's also the home of you know Blue Planet and Line of Duty. So yeah, mm, yeah. Uh, I, is he implying that it, by it being on BBC One, he thinks that they've had to broaden it too much? Because I mean, we—it's my understanding mm. that, that that the writers didn't make any concessions or take any notes from the BBC when they made this. So I'm not—I'm not quite sure. Not quite sure what your point is, Kev. But uh, I disagree in any case. Uh, <laughs> Good to be clear. And now it's time to jump over to the Monkey Tennis Hotline. So let's go to our first call from Dave M via WhatsApp. Good morning, Pod. Um, 
I want to give you my thoughts on the last episode of this time, which I found to be quite underwhelming and disappointing, really. I think the series as a whole was um, less than I expected. It had some highlights. Um, Alan in prosthetics going, Who the hell is that? was not one of them for me. Um, Simon stole the show, I think, on the last episode. He was very watchable. Um, I can't believe they wrote out Jenny. And also there was the the tying-up of the ends, the loose ends, which um, the roving reporter should have got some up, comeuppance. And what happened to Simon's love interest? I was just watching it and looking at Coogan's eyes, and it wasn't a... Um, a panicked TV presenter. It was just somebody phoning in their um, performance, and I was left very disappointed by it. I am, however, loving the pod, and um, I'm actually enjoying the pod more than I'm enjoying the series. So take care, and thank you very much. Thanks, for that, Dave. Uh, I mean, you say you're enjoying the series. You don't really sound like it, but you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I appreciate. We obviously appreciate all feedback, but. Yeah. If you're if you're enjoying our pod and you found nothing to enjoy in this time, then you've got to ask yourself some questions about quality control, my friend. <laughs> Very good point, well made. Uh, let's go to call two. It's time for friend of the show, Hannah, aka Love and the Key of Partridge. Hi, Monkey Tennis. It's Hannah here again, um, female fan of Partridge. I absolutely love this episode. It ended triumphantly or not in Alan's case but there was so much classic partridge I actually did a tally of how many times I laughed and it was 39 which is more than a laugh a minute I think you'll agree that is excellent value there were so many pieces of this episode that I loved I'm gonna really struggle to kind of pick just um, the best bits but I was really really pleased that Simon got used to his full potential in this episode he absolutely stole the show for me reading along with the auto cue when he wasn't the person speaking being way too cheerful when he was introducing the corruption segment and then just the general awkwardness of the corruption segment I thought was absolutely brilliant um and also really enjoyed um, Alan getting slightly fixated on the menstrual cycle and then starting to sing the body form advert, which is really strange, but hilarious. And then just a final couple of questions that I wanted to float with the group. Is Lynn Alan's cleaner? He mentions asking your cleaner about her chemo in an earlier episode. And then in this episode, Lynn says she's put on a bright dress because she's got the all clear. What does it mean? Also notice that Alan says that he was arrested on the A140, but the gutter press clip that comes up says that he was arrested on the A6. So is that just bad continuity or is it a scathing comment on local press? Really fantastic episodes. Order currently goes six, four, two, three, one, five. Um, and I am now going to stop blathering on like a woman whose mind is riddled with Catherine Cookson. Thanks for that, Hannah. Good spot with the A6 and A40 uh, error there. Or was it an error? We don't know. Uh, let us know what you think about that. And now it's time for another friend of the show back on the hotline. Yeah, Dave from Scotland here. Uh, just checking in uh, with your attempts at a Scottish accent. Let me say it was awful, uh, but not as awful as Mel Gibson in Braveheart um, and a hell of a lot better than anyone uh, on Saturday Night Live 
or um, any um, American I've heard try to do a Scottish accent. Um, right, I'm just off around the a golf and a boss watch. Bye. Oh, and another thing. Scotch is a drink, not a people, you ignorant c- What I heard in that message was a ringing endorsement of my <laughs> ability to do a Scottish accent. That's what I've heard and taken away from Be- that, and I should continue than, to do it. <laughs> better than and film old- star and possible Oscar winner Mel Gibson? That's what I've heard. That's what the people have heard. That's what the people want. <laughs> I also definitely heard uh, that Scottish people definitely like to be referred to as Scotch as well. That's what I heard. The Scotch I people? The, I think it's the Scotch, if you're being respectful. The Scotch, sorry, yes, the Scotch. Hello to our Scotch listeners. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for your message, Dave. <laughs> oh, is that Mel Gibson? Yeah. You've done it again. <laughs> okay, moving swiftly on from my excellent accent onto Jenny's exit, or Jexit. Um, like it. Yeah, very good. So first we have a message from uh, Louise Ferndale who says um, we could have had a build up uh, of the bust up over a few episodes. It just appeared out of nowhere. Um, I think we're supposed to infer from that 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 it is obviously a daily show and we're kind of obviously seeing snippets of it. But take your point. Uh, Steady Eddie says uh, Jenny is too career focused professional and driven to walk off set seconds before going live I think it's just probably a testament to how infuriating it must be to work with Alan that you're prepared (laughs) to jack everything in because he's just that awful um, next is someone who refers to themselves as, oh, you mean my leg knobs? Um, <laughs> <laughs> great name. Um, I wish they did the build up uh, of Jenny finally snapping, but the opening scene was amazing. Straight out of an Edward Albee play and Coogan's face and eye work. My God. BAFTAs all round. <laughs> it's clear they've watched David Lynch's Mulholland Drive too. Um, Suddenly, Tim goes on to say, uh, thinking about Jenny's exodus, and we have to remember that within the APU, we are seeing only one episode a week of a daily show. That must be the final straw, particularly as she now has evidence with her uh, with which to confront Alan. And then lastly, from Ian Brown, Jenny would have been in more trouble than Alan. She was the one that walked out on a live broadcast. Um, I think we can possibly speculate a little further on that in our wrap-up episode about who we think is likely to be in more trouble, so we can certainly revisit that subject. But I think in the in the APU context, they'd be about 30 shows in by now, wouldn't they? Uh, so Yes, six times five yeah, so, is 30. Yeah, yeah. So we, we've done the math. Um, so yeah I think that there, there is definitely that point about her being at the end of her tether and we've only seen six half hours of a lot of hours of her putting up with Alan James Harland has been in touch um, on the sexy subject of location tracking um, he says a little factoid I found out the latitude longitude of Alan's dash cam points to the city of Norwich Aviation Museum however the video footage suggests he's nowhere near there uh, he goes on to say, I found where he stood. It only took an hour of searching. So uh, he's actually included the link to Google Maps, which if you click on, uh, we can perhaps share this on our socials, drops you Google Earth style, slap back in, slap bang in the middle of that dual carriageway. Uh, and you can see where Alan was uh, was pulled over. So thanks for that. 
Uh, on the subject of Camp Allen, who we saw come out again during the fashion segment, uh, Simon Mole at Super Moldy on Twitter says, Allen talking about skirts was a series highlight, Camp Allen finally making an appearance. Uh, Neil Emery adds, love how much happier and more at ease in his skin Camp Allen is. It's like when he was on the till and chatting happily with shoppers, uh, that was in Scissor Isle, when he lets that side of his personality out, he just seems to relax and enjoy himself. Uh, couldn't Ooh. agree more. I'm a big Ooh, fan of Camp hello, Allen. Hello, Allen. <laughs> Yeah, Camp Allen's great. Uh, <laughs> a few other uh, episode six observations we've had in. I uh, quite enjoyed this one from James Musselwhite. Would series record jumble? Exclamation mark. I think we'd all agree <laughs> we would also watch slash series record. I would love uh, to see Lynn present a show of any kind. I just think it would be brilliant. Oh, I mean, who knows? Maybe Lynn might get some kind of BBC presenting job. We'll save it for the next episode. Uh, Dan on Twitter said, a lot of the segments feel like cut anecdotes from the autobiographies, the script, the tone, the vibe. I can imagine Alan regaling these. I don't think you, the, the way you think books like Nomad in particular are put together, something you, you could definitely envisage Alan going through these sort of incidents like being in a sleep clinic being pulled over by the police in a future book, perhaps. I can kind of see what you're saying there. And Craig uh, Elland on Twitter um, <clears throat> said, Was the You're Not Black, Are You Rod? A callback to an earlier Know Me Knowing You episode with David Silk, where Alan says, You're not wearing any silk, are you, David? And he says, No, I'm naked. I think that's a very good spot. I think that's a very certainly, similar gag. So I think he's right, yeah. Those jokes are cousins, at least, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Very closely related. We have a an email from uh, Charlotte Hall who writes greetings to the four horsemen of the apocalypse and she thanks producer jed for that mental image for fop here and chiming in with my two penneth on episode six i think i laughed out loud the most in this episode along with episode four Mm, i disagree charlie but um we'll carry on (laughs) and greatly enjoyed alan's enthusiasm for the fashion segment once it got into the swing of it during the night terrors of the show when we see alan's hand moving furiously under the covers Definitely not having a good time. So this is when he was heavily scratching his anus. I've added that in. That's not Charlie's words. Uh, I was reminded (laughs) of the passage from I Partridge. Those scrits, 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 having been burnt into my memory forever. I'll now quote from I Partridge. My bottom is itchy, so I stop in the middle of the landing and scratch it lightly. The fiddling merely tantalises the itch, and it becomes more aggressive. I respond in kind, dragging my fingernails over across my fundament across my fundament in a frenzied jerking motion, <laughs> with one hand bracing against the wall. I now grabbing and clawing at the angry aperture, slashing and scraping in a bid to ease the sensation. It's a delicious relief, but I know it's merely stoking the irritation. And after a final flurry, scrit, 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 I stop scratching. My backside pleads with me to continue, but I resist. And in a few seconds, the itch subsides sides on its own as i knew it would thanks a lot charlie well, thanks for the message appreciate it thank you idea for a spin-off podcast nick reads i partridge chapter <laughs> by chapter uh, only the stories would about not listen yeah <laughs> uh, only if only if anally focused exactly yeah just the anal, just the anal sections suddenly would listen <laughs> <laughs> And now we jump back to the previous episode, uh, which was quite divisive on Twitter. We weren't such big fans. There were some champions out there for it, however. Uh, John Copeland writes in and says, It seems I was bang wrong about the maths joke being on the tax episode, (laughs) but I am bang right about it's actually Dan Moody who says, You do the math and Alan adds the S at the end. 
And I think someone's pointed out it's a deleted scene. It's an unused Alan scene or something like that. Ah, nice. Next, we have Neil War on Facebook who says, uh, I think Kim is a woman, not a man. And in Alan's mind, a lady fixing cars automatically makes her a lesbian and he's trying to warn Jenny off. What do we think about that as a theory? Uh, I think perhaps it says something about Neil uh, (laughs) (laughs) as well as something about Alan. Uh, but it's not. I'm not at liberty to say what either of those things are. <laughs> I mean, it, it does scan as a theory, but I'm still going with the. It's something a bit more dark and sexual. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and lastly, in this section, we have Ola Holmes who emailed in saying the whole "I've been sexually harassed" uh, really <laughs> reminded me of the "I've had mental problems" attempt to get in with Karen Coleman at the Bravery Awards in "I'm Alan Partridge." So, kind of Alan trying to elicit sympathy from other people in order to get himself involved in the conversation so yeah i think that's bang right yeah a solid link um moving on to uh, the elite university of hull that's mentioned in the episode alex cowan emailed us to say hello i hello um i've really been enjoying (laughs) (laughs) always always nice to start with pleasantries um hello i've really been enjoying uh this time with alan partridge and the accompanying monkey tennis episodes in episode five they go to elite university hull is this referencing blackadder goes forth where edmund tricks a german spy by asking if her boyfriend had been to one of the great universities of oxford cambridge or hull when one of those is actually not that great a university this leads to the great punchline when melcher asserts that oxford is a complete dump um (laughs) Quite possibly, I suppose. Uh, I mean, the Gibbons brothers are certainly of the age of people who were probably brought up on Blackadder, as as we were as well. So, uh, yeah, who's to say? Quite possibly. Bl- Bladacker. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> I guess the joke just works on its own right without the Blackadder background to it as well, doesn't it? About Hull being an elite university. So, either way, yeah. Oh, and now it's time to me to read the next email. <laughs> 
Luke writes, you mentioned Wolf Hall as being bang on the money for Alan's, uh, for Alan's character in the last episode of TTWAP, saying Alan is obsessed with Cromwell. But in this segment on Kings and Cars, uh, Psychic Simon mentions Cromwell in the back, whispering in the ear of Henry VIII. Oliver Cromwell, he wasn't bored for another 50 years, Egypt, is Alan's response, exposing his ignorance. I think he meant Thomas Cromwell, the caller says, cue Alan's humiliation and dressing down of Simon. Are we to take that Alan educated himself by devouring Hilary Mantel's novels after this embarrassing episode? Surely he would. Well, uh, he, certainly yeah, ha- he, he certainly has previous where people have corrected him on points and then he's used that to correct someone else in the future. Mm, like the whole yeah. Frankenstein, uh, Ben thing in the Travel Tavern. And uh, I think there's been some other examples that we've covered as well. Although, thinking about it, apart from Bravo 2-0, is Alan going to read something like Wolf Hall? The audio you know book. he's not a big fan of books. <laughs> the audio book. <laughs> yes, that, that'll do. That, that nails no, it. He, yeah. he'd, he'd read the synopsis. We know he's got form for that, where he <laughs> yeah. just reads the back cover. Or they've serialised yeah. the first like two chapters in the mail, and he's just done that. <laughs> Picture book. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, an email from Jack McVeigh, who writes, Hi, Monkey Tennisers. Monkey Tennisers. Uh, I think you missed a trick in episode four. Alan is clearly trying to steal Monty Don's job by framing him for illegal product placement and slipping in pictures of him doing gardening. It's the only way his career on the BBC can evolve, not revolve. Cheers, Jack. Nice theory. I'm liking that. I think there's some merit in that. I like yeah. that also recently uh, we've seen a few people send these around on Twitter uh, <laughs> almost chiming in exactly with Monty Don's product placement segment. Uh, Monty Don now frequently appearing on the front cover of the Daily Mail alongside special offers for seed packages and other garden-related materials, adding further fuel to the fire. <laughs> <laughs> he's, taken a, he's taken a billion from the mail, hasn't he? And finally, for this feedback episode, we've had some feedback uh, and some questions about Alan's age. Uh, We have an email from Brendan Nash, and he says, Quick question. When Alan caught his foot on a spike, Lynn said he was almost 50. That was in 2002. Are we to believe that Alan is nearing 70 on this time? Keep up the good work. Now, this feeds in nicely, and it's quite timely, actually, because we've had a message from Del Randall 65 on Twitter, who goes by the name as Big Chief Chuckle Chops. Uh, <laughs> and Chief he says, is spelt wrong as well. Oh, yeah, so it is. Yeah, you might <laughs> want to change that, Del Randall 65. He says, happy ruddy birthday, AGP. Born in the APU on the 2nd of April, 1955, in Kings Lynn, Norfolk. That would make him 64 today. The today meaning, obviously, it's the 2nd of April we're recording this. So, yeah, it would be in the APU, Alan's 64th birthday. You do the math, lady boys all round. So, yeah, if uh, the 2nd of April... 1955 is right that would make him 64 and yes it's also right that he was 47 when he impaled his foot on a spike so nearly 50 effectively so yeah the maths does add up fantastic uh thank you so much to uh, big chief chuckle drops and to everyone who's dropped us <laughs> feedback uh, for this episode of monkey tennis um let me now begin an official appeal for your thoughts spanning the whole series what did you think about this time as a series how did it compare to alan of yore did you feel that you got enough of the right characters were you looking for more narrative less narrative do let us know your thoughts uh, ahead of uh, sunday if you can uh, when we'll be recording a series wrap-up of this time celebrating uh, all things alan uh, talking 
about this series. Looking at perhaps where Alan might go next, uh, where do you think that uh, that he might pop up uh, in the future? We know that he's recording a documentary style special without Simon in it. So uh, what could that be about? Um, and we'll obviously uh, wildly speculate as well. Um, the other thing we'll be doing is taking a look at the This Time DVD. We're lucky enough to have advanced copies winging their way to us. So we're going to be taking a look at the special features and letting you know what to expect. Um, please do also, as Tom mentioned at the top of the show, send us a voice note on the Monkey Tennis hotline of your favourite line of the series and we'll uh, put them together into something quite special. Um, Please also rate and review Monkey Tennis on iTunes if you get a second. Uh, If you give us a good review, then it means we pop up the charts faster, we reach more people, and there's just more people uh, to revel in the delights of the APU in future. Um, So to get in touch with us on Instagram, it's at Monkey Tennis Pod, Twitter at The Partridge Pod, Facebook.com slash The Partridge Pod, ThePartridgePod at gmail.com, and that all-important Monkey Tennis hotline is 07923 600 One more thing, next week in our wrap-up episode, we'll also be telling you what to expect from Monkey Tennis what we'll be covering in future and when you can expect more episodes from us as well so please Wait, don't for that <laughs> so uh, from all of us at Monkey Tennis the Alan Partridge fan podcast thanks very much for listening and goodbye goodbye, goodbye. I'm going to make time. my excuses before someone gets chinned aha damn back of the net Monkey tennis? In no way, you big spastic, you're a mentalist! Damn! Don't know how the noise. Monkey tennis? I got, uh, really drunk last night. Shake everywhere. Monkey tennis? Uh, minor criticism, more distance between the eggs and the bean. Monkey tennis? I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. You're attacking. Basically, Beef tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Can I have a glass of water, please? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.